Hi, this is Chris, host of CT Small Business Presents, where we get to know your favorite Connecticut small businesses, as well as the ones you may not know. We get to know their passions, their business, their story. Thanks for listening, and let's get into the episode. And uh, we're live. This is Chris from uh, CT Small Business. I have Lou from uh, Royal Fox Studios. Hello, everybody. Lou, how are you? I'm doing good. Good, good. I have uh, We have a uh, uh, guest today. We have JR of the Dover Benedict Group. That's JR, right. how are you? Good. Thanks for having me here. Thanks today. for coming Thanks in Thanks for today. coming out. Yeah. I appreciate it. I appreciate the invitation. So I, I actually have some... A lot of questions. Yeah, me too. Like, I'm just interested in the whole... Uh, commercial real estate. Commercial real estate, because I know nothing about it. I, I kind of grew into it. So yeah. You, so you've been in it most of your life then, I assume. Uh, no, not really. I, I'm actually a commercial flooring contractor. Oh, okay. And, and uh, maybe 12 years ago, I uh, started renovating a commercial building and uh, really enjoyed it. Oh, wow. And, and I cut the... It was a 47,000 square foot building and had been abandoned from a bank foreclosing on it. That's a big uh, building. It was like six or seven years had been empty. So by the time I bought it, the uh, grass in front of the building was taller than uh, than if I stood there and tried to look through it. So you renovated it? Renovated it completely. And it was, then you bought it afterwards? I bought it first. Okay. Uh, took a chance on it. And uh, it, the whole building needed work. Uh, all the copper had been stripped out of the building. Oh, no. Nice yeah. building in Watertown Industrial Park. And, uh, okay. Okay. So I ended up cutting it up into seven tenant spaces. What was your original vision for the space? I, I, as soon as I walked through the building, it was an easy building in my mind to be able to divide up. And it seems to have become one of my talents is to figure out how to take a building oh. and divide it up into smaller tenant spaces. Okay. And uh, so we occupy only about 20% of the building. And then the rest of it's cut up into, like I said, s- seven tenants total in, in the complex. And, and uh, from that, just kept going, kept saying, ah, this isn't so bad. Let's look for another one. And, and, so uh, seven initially, and is that the max tenants you could have in that commercial and, and, space? And that building, it lays out for for the seven so spaces. Seven. And how did you divide the spaces, if you don't mind me asking, um, like square foot like wise? Of, I always wonder how you figure that kind of stuff out. It is. It's kind of interesting. Every building's a little bit different. 47,000? 47, 47,000 feet. Yes. And only seven tenants? Seven. Yeah, well, we, we have a couple large, we have a, one large tenant, especially. Okay. Uh, Connecticut Wind Pump is in there. Nice. Um, they sell um, pumps for... Um, wells and, and any kind of pump you can imagine. Um, so tons of plumbing contractors coming in. Yeah. When they moved in, they had three delivery trucks. They're up to eight, I believe, right now um, that are out there full time wow. delivering oh, since they moved in. And I assume but they're like nonstop. Nonstop. Yeah. They're they're what well, they, they're five and a half days a week. You know? oh, so um, but but you know five o'clock in the morning their trucks are being loaded to go out for the day. So oh, wow. interesting tenants. But um, but like this building, you walked in and it was easy because I could see where the building had had a number of additions put on it to it over the years. Right. So it was easy to say, okay, let's break off those spaces. Uh, the biggest thing when you're breaking tenant spaces up is utilities, uh, breaking up service, right. electric service, metering, metering the metering, spaces, metering see, gas and electric. I would never yeah. think of anything like that yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah, we're unmetered yeah. here right now. Yeah. So we get we're getting right. away so, like a so, so the landlord probably in this case pays for all utilities as part of your rent. So yep. you, he's got the risk, but in, in a big industrial building, you wouldn't want that. No, risk definitely as a landlord not. for sure. You know. So, and then the the um. You know, second part of that um, is, is is bathrooms, restrooms. You know, so you know the building wasn't designed to have you know seven restrooms or more. You right. Know? Um, so right now the building ended up with I think fifteen restrooms altogether. Oh wow! But it had only five in it. Um, but they were all on the office side, which only one tenant would end up with that office part of it because 
you know, you you know, it, it, that's where or the right. way's out. Yeah. Right. Plumbing's you know? not cheap either. Right, right, yeah. So you're trenching <laughs> sometimes across a concrete floor for 250 feet to oh, bring a sewer oh. line. Wow. You know, water lines you bring above, sewer lines got to usually go below unless you put a pump-up service or something. So, so you were yeah. able to estimate your cost well because you were already doing contracting work. Well, you know, you, you, it was going to be an owner-occupied space for mm-hmm. myself in there, so... Um, so you know, I I probably was way wrong on my cost, but it worked out. It, I think everyone always. <laughs> I, bought, I bought I bought it right because, like I said, the bank had foreclosed. They were sitting on it for a long time. Um, there was a couple of environmental things that had to be cleaned up with it, so we we bartered that back and forth and figured it out. Okay. And um, but yeah, that was that was my first the real, first of first many. real one. I mean, I had all their smaller things. Right. Um, and over the years, I had some residential um, condos and apartments that I rented out, but this was my first real big building well wow. turned it into something so exciting you know i have a random question with that going back to the copper actually yeah so when like say the, you got it from a foreclosure now would they take the copper with them like just like no, someone no, go in no, or would no, someone no, just get go in and steal it it was people going and steal it yeah. and they'd even stolen the rooftops off the building oh, oh wow. geez so uh yeah all the copper all the wiring plumbing everything was pretty much stripped out of the building yeah. so, so uh, I imagine you have quite a bit of equity in the property now. Now we do. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's a little bit different. I, I'm I'm 61 years old at this point, so my thinking how I invest is maybe different than if I was 41 or 21. Sure. You know, if you're 21, you can buy a building, and if you can figure out how to carry it, and then know 20 years from now you own it clear and free. Right. That's great. But at 61 years old, I can't I can't count on something 20 years away. So yeah. I have to be able to make it cash flow positive from day one so right. I'm a little bit different of a real estate investor at my age than then again if, if you're 20 years younger than i am or 40 years younger yeah. than well I you am. want to mitigate your risk of exactly. course right. yeah i think it also comes with like when you've been if you've been in it so long you you learn right so you have a quicker and better judgment i assume from when you definitely you yeah. know yeah i mean i i had half a dozen um smaller commercial buildings before that one but um but right now um with the last few purchases, we're at 50 buildings right now. Wow. Yeah. So I saw so you're all, all over, over now. All over the place. I saw like Bloomfield, Meriden. Yeah. Uh, I saw obviously Wiretown. Yeah. We talked about the one you just bought in, or recently Not, purchased in Talk. Correct. Which yeah. I, lo- I love the building myself. Right. And, and I've seen it as a, since I was a kid. It's just one of those. <laughs> Those buildings that you it, it just stands up. There's one in Watertown, I think, too. I think, I, think well, I, own, I own that round one in Watertown, uh, Middlebury. It's actually Middlebury. Middlebury. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so pretty much, it's the it's it's a building, and then it's it at the top it pans out. I don't know if that makes right. explain. It, it, it's basically two circles and a square that sit up on, 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 on cantilevered over the air, so they're sitting up in the air. Um, so there's only one leg holding each of those round circles up. In wow. The air. And, and each of those circles are around. 3,000 square feet so they're pretty big circles yeah. and um and they're all they were all glass at one time um complete glass circle yeah and the cube the square one is also the same way wow know? so I, I i tell people they're actually two circles and a square up on a stilt and um <laughs> that's the only way they can really visualize it but it's not really a stilt but it's yeah. it's that kind of a look you know so. and actually i didn't until recently i didn't realize there was a building behind it too yes that's that's it, the the building um was originally um, a, a contractor called W.G. Megan, um, and they were like uh, an O.N.G. builders of Connecticut, but they were from New York at the time, and they were you know pretty big concrete type contractor. And um, that the two circles in the square building the front that were all glass was their corporate office for Connecticut. Mm. Then behind it, 
there's a 13,000 square foot two level so it's 26,000 square feet all concrete building that's where they had all of their their shop back there so right so the upper levels where they were doing all their mill work for uh, for stuff and and all the equipment down below is where they kept the big heavy equipment. The, okay. The, the dump trucks and that's a two level building. Two level building. It like literally, if you look at it yeah. from the front, it just looks like a no. It, just it, a it, it's not small. It's because it's it's a pretty long building. Right. But it looks like one level. Right. And the, the funny thing about it is the downstairs level, the ceiling height is twenty foot high. Oh jeez. So, wow. So when you go around the back, you're you have these big high eighteen foot high overhead doors with twenty yeah. foot high ceilings. And then there's another building even behind that that people don't even know. There's oh really? A, there's another five thousand square foot building oh, behind yeah, that. Yeah. See, I never. I yeah, really yeah, didn't. I, yeah, I yeah. drive it right, right. weekly. I drive up there. Right. Right. And I didn't even notice. And like, if you look at the building, Lou, mm-hmm. it's like it's like what uh, Jr. was saying before about like the 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 grass being high. This had some sort of things. You couldn't even see the building behind the, it. There were shrubs taller in the building. Oh, the, wow. The shrubs have been, you know, the building itself is, is, is probably 22 feet off the, uh, off the ground from facing it from the street. Okay. And the shrubs were taller than the roof. Um, that's how so long it had been abandoned for. It had yeah. been vacant for 33 years. The, so the, the previous owner got into a, a little bit of an argument with the town, and uh, he said, I will show you my buildings will rot till the day I die, and that's basically what he did. What did he do? And he was just upset with the town, and so they would send him a blight letter and say your grass is more than 10 inches tall, oh, and he'd oh tell, him go, he'd tell the guys, go weed whack it down to 10 inches. And, and, uh, <laughs> and, and unfortunately, you know, it sat there for a long time, you know, so um, wow. So I took a big risk. It was, you know, at uh, um, this point here, we the big building in the back that you're you're describing yeah. um i've already done the roof on the building um we've demoed everything inside it was all off it had been converted to office space at one point because schweppes um, had, oh yeah had it. yeah schweppes ginger ale had leased it um and they were the last tenant in the building and, and whatever desk that we found in the building that had a phone book on it, they were all 1989. That's how I know it was 33 years. Oh, right? yeah. But I found about 20 phone books Jeez. and 20 desks that had been left in the space. So um, not that anybody has a phone book anymore. I was going to say, but I they, forgot phone books even existed. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 but in 1989, that was uh, the only way you, you'd find somebody in the yellow pages to call if you needed to call a business. And um, but, So anyway, we demoed the entire interior of the building, and the building is just a solid building. The whole building is concrete. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, you're talking, it's built like a bridge. So, yeah. I mean, the, when you go downstairs and look up at the, that 20-foot-high ceiling, there's giant concrete structure of beams in there. It looks like you're underneath a bridge. I'd love to it. see oh, it. Yeah. Yeah, really cool building. Now, when you, so. when you put, like, say, heat or air conditioning in it, does that affected more i don't know if that makes sense well, well we, we the the plans right now show us cutting the upper space into five tenant spaces mm-hmm. and the lower space into four tenant spaces and, and uh, so it's going to end up with nine different heating and air conditioning type oh, systems yeah. depends on what the tenant uses are um the permit processing process for the inside is is going to take a long time there, there's a lot of engineering requirements that the town's looking for um, the outside work from the planning wetlands has all been approved. There was a matter of fact, uh, last, last evening we had the, uh, 
the, the whole site plan um, approval for um, so all the outside work is being done right now. Great. The windows were ordered for the building. They were over a hundred thousand dollars just to replace the windows Jeez. in that back building. Yeah, they're pretty big windows. If you, I bet right, right. they're the, gigantic. I mean, that front circular building, um, the price on the windows for that is two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Oh, uh, geez. So, uh, wow. so that that's next year's plan. We're we're focusing on that big back building for now because yeah. it's the easiest one to rent out. Yeah. And then we'll figure out what to do with the ones in the front. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait till you're actually yeah. when you're finished with it. I'm, ex, I'm excited to see what it looks like. Yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be one of those projects that uh, I'll be very proud of when it's done. Oh, I'm sure. Know? Yeah. So, I, I, you know, I finished a, an old firehouse, historic firehouse in Torrington um, a couple of years ago. Oh, I, have, I have a microbrewery in there. Oh, oh which one um, is it? It's called Bad Dog. Um, okay, I have to go visit yeah, that one. Yeah, so it's a big building. It's a twelve thousand square foot building. Yeah. And um, so they have their. You know, main brewery on the first floor with, with a whole bunch of dining space, and then upstairs is a bunch of private rooms and a big another big open space. Um, they're doing pretty well. They've 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 been open about a year and a half. Um, they opened up right when right in the middle of COVID. Oh, so, oh um, wow! But we'd been working in the building for a year and a half before that. Yeah. Um, I've owned it for over twenty years. Oh, have um, you? It was an interesting project. I the the. Um, the city had built a new firehouse, which is more than 20 years old at this point, next door. And um, they made a deal with the fire department to um, lease the, the old firehouse um, to turn it into a, a firehouse museum. Oh, and, wow. Uh, and after about 10 years, they had collected a lot of artifacts um, and a lot of equipment and so forth. But they hadn't really worked on the building. And the building was starting to really fall into major disrepair. It was so bad that if you stood inside, it rained more inside than outside. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's, it's people know I spent really nothing buying it from the city. They they were at the point that they had no choice. They were either going to knock it down or sell it for, for almost nothing. Right. Um, because their charter doesn't permit them to keep a building on their on their books and hmm. that they're not utilizing. And um, But... Uh, it took me a long time to find the right tenant to go into it. So right after I bought it, I did the roof over, and there was some major facade work. And and and, uh, but by the time I got done, I spent one point two million dollars renovating oh, the building. Wow! So I don't even it, ask you where you got it from. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah it, was, it was a little bit of time. Let me tell you. But, yeah. uh, but once we got the uh, the right tenant in place, there was no turning back. And uh, and the funny thing about it is that I'd been working with an architect for a long time you know on, on on the plans for the building and uh so after i you know actually the the city of torrington found the microbrewery tenant you know, through the economic development and they they brought them to me and um i was so excited about making a deal with them so i made them a great deal and uh the mayor went out in, in, in the newspaper and announced they had a microbrewery coming into the building and i was you know everybody knew about it yeah and then i called the architect up and he goes you know that we've never talked about the kind of man, the kind of weight you might have on the second floor. Cause it was designed oh. as a oh, firehouse yeah. where, you know, there was 10, 12 bedrooms upstairs. There may, it might be 20 people upstairs. And even right. if you're taking out all, a lot of the old construction, the weight of upstairs, you know, you could end up with the microbrewery having a private function upstairs with 200 people. Yeah. And we've never spoke about that, you know? So he says, uh, we're going to have to bring an engineer to take a look at this. So, I said, oh, well, I can't back out of this now. I, you know, everybody in the world knows, yeah, that I, yeah. you know, we got a microbrewery coming in. I'm yeah. finally going to renovate the rest of this. And, and uh, so the engineer comes out and he goes, oh, I think we got to add some steel in. Well, the steel package was $250,000 and added six months to the construction of wow. the project. 
So the um, the owners of the Bad Dog uh, Microbrewery committed to hang in there with the duration of the time, not knowing COVID was going to throw add more right. more to that. But um, but that's why the cost ended up being so skyrocketing. And at that point, I had no choice. So I will not make money in that building for a long time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, I have a great tenant. It's a very it's it's an unbelievable building. You walk in. Um, they still have an old fire truck that's mm-hmm. been polished up that's inside the oh, microbrewery. Really? So if you walk in there, wow. um, you know, the, it was designed, the first floor was designed to hold fire trucks. The second floor wasn't designed to hold right. yeah, 200 much. people, but now it can. Yeah. You know, so uh, I'm, I'm literally putting that on my phone right now to, uh, lo- to look it up, the bad dog to check it out. Yeah, yeah. we're going to go up to the yeah, mic, yeah, bad yeah, dog. Yeah, yeah, I like, they're they're I like pretty to... cool. It's a father and son, uh, Matt and Chris. And, cool. And, uh, and then Matt's wife also helps out. Um, with stuff but um but they're they're great people and uh they're doing a pretty good job up there you know oh, so. good and i love the fact that you I, I just in general i like looking at old firehouses yeah to see what people yeah you know changed into right. obviously just for the fact that it's a firehouse and to now a brewery i have to go check it out right, right. The, there's i know there's one in milford it was actually now it's a art gallery oh so right. it's on uh on off of walnut beach like uh literally right next to the beach it's a it's all it's like disgustingly like colorful i love colors i love i love like it's like this so it's like bright it's like bright red bright yellow and it's just like you go walk in it's got a little stage and like you just uh it holds like all these like arts events so i I love stuff like that well the the, uh torrington historical society um actually retained all the um, museum items um and they put them on permanent loan um, to the microbrewery guys. Okay, oh. so they have them on loan. So, so when you walk in the firehouse, not only is there an antique fire truck, but there's all these antique fire holes, reels, and 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 an old bell that used to hang up on a telephone pole. Um, some really cool things in there, and they have a lot of those artifacts. And and, and every time I go in there, they hang more of it up because they had so much of it. Um, that they that they just worked their way through the the yeah. pile of things that are there, but but it's really cool to see yeah. some of the things that are in there. Let's we'll so. go check it out, Lou. And that's yeah. one of many. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. one of many. Yeah, you know, uh, it was a hard project, but it was uh, it was an exciting project. It took it just took a long time because there was so much work yeah. involved in it. Yeah. I also found like well, that's how a lot of businesses we've talked to started because of COVID. Right. They've you know like just they went through this funk and they're like just pretty much oh we finally start not finally but like. Let me take the risk and go off my own and this and that. Right. So the cold, even though COVID was horrible, it actually fed a lot of good into like the local there, businesses. A, there's a lot of people who um, decided to open up small businesses um, after COVID. Yeah. I think a lot of them just are not going back to the big corporate worlds for many reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, matter of fact, we, we have a number of, of buildings that we turned into smaller office suites uh, where, you know, we might have a, a building with, 10 single room office suites where they might have a shared lobby or shared oh, reception area. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, in Meriden we have a building right now that we're, we we built 10 of those suites. We rented out five of them as soon as we finished them a couple weeks ago. We have five that are still open. But we're, well, uh, we have the same kind of building in Middlebury and Watertown and Thomaston and mm. Plymouth. Uh, and all of these are, are these single office suites, sometimes a two room office suite. And they're paying, you know, Five, six, seven hundred dollars a month depends on how big the suite is. Wow, that, that's that, a great deal. That includes their utilities, includes their Wi-Fi. Um, wow, they have they have a common you know reception seating area, but they have a private suite, so their their offices oh, is wow. private. Um, there, there's sometimes there's common bathrooms. Um, sometimes they might have an individual bathroom of their own if if they happen to have one in the building already. 
and, and um, it's kind of cool. Square footage of some of those offices. Well, the op- the office that they're renting is normally you know maybe a couple hundred square feet, and then 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 you have all the shared amenities. Right. Um, so some of them were we put in little coffee rooms and, mm-hmm. and so forth as well. We have a cleaning service go in uh, every other week or once a week. Depends how busy, busy the building is to clean the common areas. Not they don't go in their own suites. Okay. Um, but the, and, and it's the hardest part of that is for us to make sure we get good compatibility in businesses. You know? Right. I can't have somebody giving drum lessons next door to a, a, a you know massage therapist <laughs> right. or, yeah. or, or, or or you know a family therapist is trying to yeah. give, give a, a have has a session going on and somebody else next door giving a lesson. So hmm. so we're careful about getting good compatible tenants. But um, it went from these spaces not renting that fast. That as COVID, um, as people started coming out of COVID, these small offices became really popular. Um, we call them focus spaces. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually have a website just for that that we okay. created. Um, but the amount of people that are calling saying, you know, I'm trying to work from home. I can't do it. My husband's working from home or, or, or the opposite. My wife's working from home. Yeah. My, my mother-in-law is watching the kids. The kids are running around while I'm trying to be, I'm on a Zoom meeting. The dog's barking in the background. I just can't do it. I just need a yeah. place to go focus, you know. So, uh, so you know, some of them, uh, like these therapists, a lot of their hours are after hours. They're mm-hmm. from 4 o'clock on. So, you know, even if they're tr- they're home during the day but the kids get home from school, they can't really be doing a, you know, have, have, having a mental health therapist session um, with a client, even on even on Zoom, with with their kids running around, you know. So yeah. uh, so we rent a lot of those spaces like that. So that's that's some of the 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 buildings that we we've, we've purchased and converted. Um, but you know, COVID actually I think has caused that market to really open up to something different. You yeah. Know? So it's like you know some of the big cities, Chicago, Boston, New York. You have like WeWork, you know. Yeah. Um, okay, and that's you know that's a, a different level because you know those places have seminars for their tenants and and happy hours at the end of the day right. and, and you know, we're not you know we, th- this is just a private office suite with the amenity of, of a common reception area but uh we, we don't have all those other other bells and whistles okay. that hey. we work and offer yeah i did I see do you, did you guys do uh, sorry phil uh no you're good blue i just cut you off <laughs> And uh, I see, do you do like monthly social events? We've started this month with our first uh, Zoom networking session for our tenants. Uh, we have about 135 tenants in our, in our properties at this point. And uh, we thought it would be interesting because a lot of times I'll, 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 I'll see a tenant and they'll say, oh, I'm trying to get a pool installed and, and, and I can't find a pool contractor. I'm like, I have a swimming pool contractor. Oh. It's a tenant of mine and I'll, okay. and I'll pass their name on. So... Uh, Julia, who's our marketing person, who's come on full time to, to work with me for le- helping me lease space and, and so forth. Uh, we sat to get sat down her, myself, and my son Vincent, who uh, lives in Rhode Island, but he helps me with some technical things sometimes. So my son Vincent and Julia together and myself came up with the idea of running a, a monthly network uh, Zoom session, <clears throat> and we and we just did our first one this week and now. Uh, we, we did it at eight o'clock in the morning and we realized that that might not be the right time for a lot of small businesses. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, they have kids and other things they're dealing with at eight o'clock in the morning, but we, 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 but we got it up and running. It was pretty successful. And, and it was a good turnout. We, we had a, we had a decent turnout. We had a lot of people saying, you know, if you can do one of these later in the day, we'd be able to um, participate. Oh, we wanna. So we're going to do the next one, like at six o'clock at night uh, and, and see how that one works. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, but, but we limited it to, uh, 25 businesses out of our tenants at a time can sign up and if we see it's really working we'll do more than once a month so that they can all 
find a way to participate and mingle right. in. But yeah. uh, but you know, it's not that hard for us to offer that kind of a service uh, once we get it up and running. And and I think it's a bonus to our tenants. You know, we have a big enough family of tenants at this yeah. point. You know, Everyone, so. I mean, referrals is the heart of so many industries. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Cares like that. She's I I swear she's got a different like meeting every every night. And she was uh, in Hart. They were in Hartford for the I forget what it was called. I gotta look it up. But uh, the the governor was there, and she got me like three or four connections for people who want to be on the podcast. Right, right. So I reached out to them. I heard back from one of them so far. Right, right. But thank goodness for her. She's she's one that kind of stuff. I would you know I'll, I'll reach out to her. Let her know the networking. Yeah. She'll she'll talk. She'll. She'll probably have some great ideas about that, too. I mean, the chamber does a lot, all the different chamber commerces do a lot yeah. of those kind of yeah. events in, in person. And then during COVID, they were doing them Zoom. So, so we no, we didn't create the idea. We just decided that right. we, we just thought we have enough tenants that we can we can um, offer that, that as, a, as a little bonus to them. You know, yeah, so. I think it helps them out a lot, too, because everyone yeah. we were talking about this a few shows back that everyone's always looking for, like you said, someone's looking to make a, build a pool. Someone's looking for... Uh, you know this or that or like i had a uh, phil from the brewers guild in the they they're the nonprofit for the all the breweries and now they have a connection of accountants lawyers you know like all these people that these breweries may need help with right. or like or these accountants are looking for not jobs but Ten- uh, tenants clients, or, clients, yeah clients. clients right right and like it's just they they develop this little system of connections right 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 that's so, where we're, we're trying to do the same you know so we'll see we'll see how it works you know so and so do you have any future projects that you're right right now i have four going on at the same time so i I, um that's plenty so yeah (laughs) so um in manchester uh bought an office uh, building it's a smaller building it's about twelve thousand square feet Mm -hmm. and um it was occupied by an accounting firm that retired and when they sold and retired another accounting firm that bought them already had their own facility. So mm. all their staff moved and this building basically went from 80% being occupied by the accounting firm and some smaller tenants in it to being almost vacant. Oh, wow. And a really nice office building right along 84 in, in Manchester. And we've been cutting that up in, into some different size suites and so forth. And we're about 50% full. Okay. Uh, we were only 10% full when I purchased it four months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but we completely go in and overhaul space. And when we go in, um, again, being I'm a flooring contractor by trade. I don't know if I said that on the air or not. Right. But yeah. but I, I do all commercial flooring work. I do mostly work for national retail stores or contractors who do work for national retail. And you still do that? I still do that. It's where I make my money. And then as I make it, I invest it in the right. real estate. And and I do work for like Targets and Stop and Shops, Walmarts, like mm-hmm. that throughout the Northeast. Um, so I have access to a lot of different finishes. Um you know, I know where to buy flooring, right? Um, so I just recently bought two tractor trailer loads of hardwood floor that was being discontinued. Different, different, different. You know, a half a pallet of this, a half a pallet Smart. of that. And as I'm doing these office spaces over, I'm putting hardwood floors in the private offices, and then I put some really plush carpet in the in the common areas. And that's why my spaces are renting. I mean, mm. they they look top notch when I'm done with them. Um, well, that one's nothing compared to the one I just bought in Meriden. So, okay. Uh, <laughs> in Meriden, I just bought four office buildings that were in one complex, about 55,000 square feet of, of office space, 90% vacant. Uh, wow. It was it was about three quarters full, and the owner who went in for hip surgery thought he had the complex sold to somebody who wanted to convert them to high-end apartments. Um 
and while he was in getting his hip, the guy buying it uh, was supposed to work on getting his zoning approval to convert it to apartments. And instead, uh, he didn't do really much about that. But he went around and told all the tenants, January 1st, you have to be out of here because I'm converting these to apartments. And the guy that owned it really didn't have signed leases at this point. They'd people been there forever, and he just kind of had a you know good personality with people, and they just kept going and going. So when they didn't have a lease and they couldn't reach them, and 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 this guy is telling them they had to be out, they all started looking for new spaces. Oh. So the building went from seventy five percent; these four buildings went from seventy five percent full to almost completely vacant. So by the time oh, I bought it, um, they were pretty vacant. Um, they were out of date, out of style. I mean, just, uh, you know, tenants were in there for a long time. Need they a lot of work. Need a lot of work. and, and um, Mostly cosmetic? Mostly cosmetic. No, no structural problems. I mean, two of the four buildings needed roofs, so I'm, I'm finishing my second roof right now on them. Uh, but their heating systems, two of them were brand new. They were uh, new rooftop units that were put in. The other two were geothermal systems, and they're still operating pretty good. Um and mechanicals were already split up to tenant spaces. Um, but so right now I'm almost 95% full in one building out of the four. Okay. And that building was completely vacant when I purchased it. So, uh, out of the four. So I'm, I'm 25% of my way through the complex. At this wow. Point, you know? and, and I have some other tenants in some of the other buildings. Uh, I just rented to a church. They took 8,000 square feet. Um, in one of the buildings. Um, so. You work hard, JR. Yeah. 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 It sounds Central. like you're like nonstop. Uh, honestly, I couldn't do this without my wife. My, yeah. my, my, my wife's a little younger than I am, and, uh, and she's out in the field every day. So oh, I, wow. So I go out to the job sites in the morning, and I'll start off the, the manpower or to meet the subs or whatever, and I get them started on the jobs. And then uh, after she drops my son off at school, uh, we have a 10-year-old, so I started life over again at okay. old age. You know, so. <laughs> That's all good. You yeah, yeah. Keeps you young. Yeah, it does. He, and he, keeps me, he keeps me moving. and uh, But she'll go out to the jobs all day long, and she'll go from one building to the next and check on the guys. And, and uh, Wow. And, and she's out there pushing a broom and dragging stuff across the room. And I tell everybody when I hire them, if, if they're in the construction side of it, you know, her name is Lucy Ann. We call her Lou. I said, if Lou gets hurt, you're fired okay oh. so your job for not one but one is to make sure my wife does not get hurt <laughs> i'm going to tell you how she is too she'll say to you hey can you move this for me and if you don't move it like now she will move it herself okay oh, wow. so so they find that out real fast that, that she's that kind of a worker out okay there, you know and um she's got this long hair uh she came home one day with yellow and red paint in her hair and i said lou what did you do today and she said you give me that kid he's so slow he's supposed to be painting the sprinkler pipe in this warehouse in uh red and then the gas pipe painted yellow and she said he only did one side of the whole you know the four sides of the, of the building obviously he did one pipe on one side between seven o'clock and 12. oh boy so she said after lunch i went up on the lift 20 feet up in the air She's got a yellow paintbrush in her hand and a red paintbrush in his hand, and they did all the pipes in that whole warehouse <laughs> each time they got home. Of course, she had lots of paint got splattered in her hair. Yeah. She was in the shower for an hour scrubbing That's the funny. paint out of her, her hair. Off, you know? yeah. but, um, but, but, you know, if she knows it has to get done, she'll make sure it gets done. Wow. So without her, I couldn't do what I do at this oh, point. Oh, I'm sure, you know, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like both of you are nonstop. She like, is, you're, yeah. You're both constantly. Yeah, she, she's a... Uh, immigrant from brazil okay. uh moved here when she was really young uh couldn't speak a word of english when she moved here and wow. uh and she figured it out she built a, a very a big business of her own she sold it when we got married and she got and, and we were having a baby and uh 
So her first language is Portuguese, and and, our, and English is her second language. So that works good for your subcontractors, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Well, honestly, it's funny because up until this year, I you know, somebody would speak Spanish, and, and I'd say, "What did they say?" She's like, "I don't know." What they said, right? <laughs> and um, and now we have uh, four full-time guys working for us that Spanish is their first language, and and a couple of weeks ago, she was on the phone with me, and she stopped talking to me, and she was speaking to somebody and i said who's there and she said she's talking to one of the laborers and i said he understands portuguese she said, no i'm speaking spanish to him i said since when she goes i, don't, I started to figure it out <laughs> yeah so it's not really all that different she said but i couldn't figure it out before but after you you know you're with people long yeah. enough and yeah so uh so she's made the leap now so now she speaks spanish as well so and, uh, I, I work in an ophthalmology office in waterbury and there's a lot of spanish-speaking people <laughs> and i feel bad so i actually want to learn it to and, and to, to talk to them to right, make sure yeah. they're okay and like all that kind of, so i get it so yeah it, after a while you learn it so it's hard my my uh you know we've been together 12 years at this point and, and uh I, I i know maybe 25 portuguese words and i and i can't put a sentence together because none of them together yet. would make a sentence no, you yeah. know but my 10 year old um speaks perfect portuguese oh wow and, uh, so uh, you know, since he was since he was born, since day one, uh, the pediatrician said if you want him to learn another language, just speak to them in the other language from the minute they're born. Okay. So, uh, so he speaks perfect Portuguese to her, and and, and so when they don't want me to know what they're talking about, they, they speak <laughs> yeah. in Portuguese. Oh man! And as he gets older, it's going to be a little bit easier for him to learn another yeah. language. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. once he, hopefully, you know, when he grows, you know, obviously with school. Learning other languages, he'll maybe learn pick up Spanish easier. Right, Italian. I yeah. assume he's probably gonna pick up both of them. He, he, he was trying to learn French this year in school. Oh. They, they had a French class they offered because my family speaks uh, well. Our, our family is French on my side of the family, and, and I can't speak it though. So, so I, it was different. In, in, in our time, my my parents were brought up where they had to speak French in their house, so they didn't want to put that pressure on my sisters and i so uh so we didn't learn it and then we yeah. regret it now you know and, and and uh so i see the difference of how easy it was for him how easy it could have been for me yeah. right you know i so. had the same not the same issue but my mother was italian and she she spoke it because her my parent my grandparents were from <coughs> italy and they came over like literally they came on over on boat they were if my grandparents were still alive they'd be my parents, like like you said, they're a little bit older. Right. So if my grandparents are alive, they'd be literally like 110 years old. Mm. And my my mother, she passed away when I was younger. So that's and she learned she knew Italian. So that's why I don't speak it because. Right. And, and if I was, I know if she was around still, I'd know something at least because she would. Right. Knowing her from what I was told, she would. It's still on you. you know? Yeah, and she right. would speak in italian in the house yeah. and italian food and everything right, 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 yeah right, it's right. same for you at yeah, home. exactly it was french that's how it was for us you know so <laughs> yeah so my in-laws were just here for for two months so uh i was very lonely for two months because it was all portuguese the oh, entire wow. time. oh, oh yeah i'm sure God. yeah <laughs> trial by fire <laughs> no, they my, my my son helps me train it was, it was great help having a second translator in the house oh, i'm so. sure it helped a lot yeah because my in-laws uh cannot speak a word of english and i can't speak really a word of portuguese so uh yeah. but my 10 year old was a lot of help i'd say simon what did they say and he would translate for yeah. me time and for then, some classes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. you know I'm, what it is i learned because actually i took japanese in college oh that's and, a hard language yeah there, and <laughs> actually the, the 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 teacher was actually japanese but i don't say i don't say it, i don't mean it the way i said it but like she was she she said there's languages that are harder for people to learn. So if like literally if you're English speaking, Japanese is one of them. 
or if you're like Spanish, this, I don't know exactly which languages are harder, but this language is going to be harder than that language for them to actually learn. Right, right. So if I learned Japanese was a lot of, uh, two, two letter consonants, it's always like, it, it based on like two letter words. It's so like ka, ki, ku. Oh. Like, you know, like the vowels, mm. literally like just the vowels with like a C in front of it or O's in front of it. So I don't know if that makes sense when I'm mm. saying it. Mm. But when you looked at when you when you looked at the the English spelling of it, you I I can figure out what it says by, you know oh, I can't okay. translate yeah, yeah. it, but I, I can read what it. Right. I, if it's written in English, I can I can speak it, as long as it's written down. I right. wouldn't know what the hell I'm saying, right. Right. but right. I'm still working on English, so I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I get that too. Yeah. Well, I knowing can, those languages is such a valuable tool for your business yeah, to keep the, the quality of work right. Yeah, de- definitely, it helps a lot. Like, and, and she's she's like I said, she's a huge help. She's out there. It's kind of funny too. Cause sometimes I'll get back at the end of the day, and she'll say, "Did you did you call Jay, the electrician?" I said, "Yeah, I left my message." Did you call Tico, the plumber? Yeah, I called call him. I left my message. You didn't speak to him. No. She'll take the phone and she'll call him, and they answer the phone. And I'll say, guys, why do you answer when she calls? And they said, because she'll call me 25 times, fill up my entire voicemail. <laughs> so if I don't just answer it the first time, you know, where, where wow. you, you leave me a message and I'll call you back. But I said, I know, but, you know, obviously if I call you, you know she's going to call. Right. Anyway, yeah. you know? but, um, but, but she'll, you know, but what they love about her is that if she tells them the job's ready on Wednesday, it'll be ready on Wednesday. You wow. Know? And the place is cleaned out, swept out, it's organized. And, and um, she'll tell them your, your materials came in. There was a back order on one of the items, so and she'll take a picture of it and text it to him, and like, and that, that supervision you just can't, yeah. you can't buy. Like, yeah. you know I mean? She sounds so, like a Spitfire. Oh, she's she's a great. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. She's a great worker. Oh, Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. You, you know? have a good uh, a, yeah. a match made in heaven. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. And, and then, so you know, anyway, between Manchester and Meriden, and then the Naugatuck project, those are mm-hmm. three big projects we're we're running yeah. at the same time. And so, hopefully, yeah. it helps with Meriden because Meriden. I, I used to work in Meriden myself, and just some parts like it seems like it's just starting to finally grow i don't know if that makes sense yeah yeah, yeah. so hopefully the i assume your businesses will add to that <coughs> culture of like yeah the, these buildings are in the industrial park okay. area and, and um and and they they took a hotel that was across the street i don't know what hotel it used to be but they're converting that to apartments so right across the street from this four um office buildings There'll be this huge uh, apartment complex, mm-hmm. um, and I understand they're they're going to be pretty high end looking apartments. I think that's why this other fellow who wanted to buy this complex knew that he was going to fit that into the same into the same right. area. same area. But uh, but these tenants in these office complex should do really well with the fact that there's that many more apartments being built across yeah. the street. You know, f- good mixed use in the complex. I found that they're doing that in Oxford too. Yeah, like they have they're building high end apartments. But then they also have the, I think it's Hartford Hospital, Hartford Healthcare is right mm-hmm. there. Then they have like the Market 32, the Price Chopper. That's a good spot. Yeah. And like then that. they have, you know, your Five Guys, yeah. your couple of local restaurants. They have the Quarry Walk now, which is a bunch of just locally owned stores, shops, and restaurants. Mm-hmm. And just like once once they finish with those apartments, you can tell it's just going to be nonstop, like right, right. daily. Like it's constantly it's going to be busy. Yeah. So. Yep. So, I, anyway, commercial real estate—it's been fun. It's yeah. interesting, like um, when you so when you first get into it, you I guess there are things you don't realize. Oh yeah, there's surprises. Like uh, <laughs> when you like, for example, one of the jobs you worked recently, you said that they had to get everything up to code. Like so, maybe there was an oil tank underneath that had to be removed, or yeah. these are things that you don't expect. And right. when you're in your first real investment, like 
how overwhelmed were you with all these things? Yeah, there's there's definitely a learning curve, and you and and, and yeah. you know, and you and, and there's you know financing learning curves and and construction learning curves and tenant yeah. learning curves. You know, uh, um, it, it, it's it just experience as yeah. time goes on. But um, you have your lawyers yeah, and things, and correct. But but on any commercial real estate today, to get any kind of a financing from a traditional bank, you have to know that the environmental stuff is clean. Yeah. So, um, so the first thing you get is called a phase one, and the phase one is basically just a complete research yeah. for environmental study. So they're they're going back into time and trying to figure out since pulling this up property, the records, yeah, since all the records they they can pull manifest of anything that was disposed from the property and so forth, and and that um and that phase one, um, if it's clean, you can get financing. If it can't, if it's not clean enough for them to tell. Then you go to a phase two. Okay. And a phase two means they're going to start drilling holes. Oh. Um, and, you know, so you're paying for that. They have know, to do soil tests. They'll do soil tests. They'll, they'll, they'll drill holes in different ways. So the phase one um, will, is usually somewhere around a few thousand dollars to do that research study. Uh, the phase two depends on how big the property is, but it could easily be ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000. So a lot of times when you're making an offer to purchase property, uh, if they don't already have a phase one, it's usually the seller has to pay for the phase one. I'm mean, sorry, the buyer has to pay for the phase one. So that's a risk that as a buyer, I'm saying, okay, I'm going to make an offer on this property. I know he doesn't have a phase one. For me to get financing, I need one. So I'm going to ask for 60 days, you know, where they'll co we'll commit to the price mm -hmm. together. But I, but during that 60 days, I have my due diligence time. And my main focus is to worry about the environmentals. Mm -hmm. So you, 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 you commit to spend, you know, 2500 bucks to to get the the study done if it comes back where they can't tell you for sure it's clean then you got to decide do you want to invest another fifteen twenty thousand dollars into the environmental study on it um, sometimes you can get the sell the, the seller to split it with you sometimes they'll say no we, we agreed to this price we either buy it for this price and i'll give you 60 days to to, to spend more money to, to do the, the testing um but without without it knowing it's clean, you will not get financing for it. So so that part of it, usually by the time you bought it, you, you kind of already know what you're what you're in for. Um, I, I I have a property that I bought that um, we knew that there was some environmental cleanup work to do on it. I was told the worst case scenario would be is a hundred thousand oh, dollars. So we negotiated the price, knowing it would be a hundred thousand. I'm at two hundred thousand dollars, and I'm not done yet. Oof. Okay, because some of these environmental people, um, they once they get in your pocket, they don't get out. They just keep finding little things to keep. Oh, we better check for this too. And we better, you know, we won't get this passed by the state without doing more tests. And and we have to do four quarters. Um, and and if one of the tests come back negative, then you got to add another quarter to it for time wise. And and every time they're doing that, it's ten, fifteen thousand oh, dollars. You know. So, um, so environmental stuff is tricky and that's, uh, you know, you'll see a lot of times if you go on to like LoopNet, which is where everybody looks to buy commercial real estate for the most part, um, a lot of times right on there, it'll tell you, have, have a phase one, have a positive phase one already, or, 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 you know, we're, we're three quarters of the way through the cleanup process of, a, of after a phase two was done. And, uh, so that's, that's. You know, the environmental part is the first thing you have to look at on every commercial property. I don't care how clean it looks. 
you're not worried about how clean the building looks. You're worried about how, how clean the dirt there's is below dirt. it. Yeah, exactly. You know. See, so. I would never think about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In general. Yeah. There was there was actually, and I live in Waterbury. There's actually a building that's been there forever, and someone started knocking down to build something on it, and they, the city stopped them because, like you said, it was, I guess it, the, the dirt was contaminated. Yeah. Right. So they did, and it's been sitting this, literally since I was since I've been a kid. Nothing's been done. So yeah, exactly. So somebody's gonna have to take that dirt. It's got to be sent out someplace to have it filtered out. Mm-hmm. You know, and you got to keep digging till you get it clean. Or you got to put in these these monitors to keep tracking the underground soil and the water table below it and so forth. And and uh, it gets expensive. Yeah. Uh, but but that's the first thing you have to look at in any commercial property. You know, and then then hopefully the rest of it you start to figure out if the structure looks solid. You know, and then try to analyze your costs. Your biggest cost in almost any building is the mechanicals. The new heating and air conditioning systems are expensive. New plumbing mm-hmm. services are expensive. Dividing up those services is expensive. And and that's that's usually your biggest challenge in a building. Yeah. The rest of the stuff, cosmetic stuff, it depends on what your tenants are. Yeah. You know, so. How do you uh, decide on what property? <laughs> like, say, even, like, geographically, even, you know, well, both, you know, well, you know, I, li- I live in Middlebury, um, so a lot of my properties are in that er- surrounding area. Yeah. Although, um, you know, we've branched out. We have a, a property in Newington. We have one in Bloomfield. We have now Meriden. We have Manchester. Um, I have something under contract in Vernon right now. Um, so, um, so I'm branching out a little bit because the real estate market's hot right now, and there's yeah. not a lot of stuff for sale. Mm-hmm. The inventory is low. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and a lot of the inventory that's that's out there right now that's for sale has environmental problems with it. That's why it's still sitting there because mm-hmm. the, because the investors are starving right now to find inventory. Um, but but I I'm I'm kind of a, an addict. I mean I, I I'm watching TV at night with my laptop open and I'm searching through LoopNet to see if anything new has popped up. And, and mm-hmm. uh and, and uh it, it's it's you know and and, I, and you know we've developed our own in-house manpower uh, mm-hmm. for a lot of the renovation stuff and i have to make sure i have work for them at all times so in a lot of the cases in the buildings we'll get the building ready except for maybe totally finishing the finishes on it so you know we 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 might have it painted but we're not putting the flooring down because i don't know if i'm going to rent that office to somebody who wants to uh be a massage therapist or an esthetician and they want vinyl on that floor or i'm going to rent it to a mental health therapist who wants quietness and they want carpet instead um, so we get to a point that a building is ready except for the finishes on it. We're not sure if somebody might want to move a wall or add a wall or add a room into it. So I have to keep these, this, our manpower moving forward into, onto a project. Um, and then when we get a tenant someplace, we stop everything on a, on a, on a building that's not rented to mm-hmm. go jump on the space to get it ready for a tenant to move mm-hmm. in. So a lot of times I'm looking for buildings, knowing that I have to make sure I keep projects ahead of them to keep them working at all times. Because you know, once you develop a man, a crew of uh, uh, you know, your crew, um, you don't want to lose them. And, yeah. and if you don't keep them working, they're gonna they're gonna jump ship on you. You know, so, uh, so that's an added pressure that Lou and I have now is that we're always worried about making sure we keep our in-house painters, our our drywall guy going. Or you know, um, we have a an in-house electrician that does a lot of our uh, smaller stuff, and we have to make sure we have work for that for that yeah. crew at all times. Yeah, people don't think people realize they're responsible for right, so many right. jobs besides right. their tenants. Exactly, you know, and and uh, but you know the cho- the choices that we're looking at is we're trying to buy a property. 
that we know we can make po- again cash flow positive. Mm-hmm. You know, and and, and um, that that's my, you know, for me, that's our investment uh, method is is to be cash flow positive at all times. I mean, most people want to be cash flow positive, but it's, but they can in a lot of cases live with longer duration uh, to get to that. Um, in our case, I can't I, because of my age. You know, okay. the way I look at it. So I'm buying a property for, you know, $30 a square foot. I'm going to invest another $25, $30 a square foot to yeah. renovate it. Um, it might, you know, I don't care at the end of the day if it's worth a hundred cause I'm not going to take a mortgage and leverage it out because I want to have the, the income off of it, the yeah. passive income stream. Um, other, other people invest and they want to buy it for 30, spend 30 on it. Same way when it's worth a hundred, they want to get a mortgage on it. That's, that's 90 cents out of the dollar and pull all the cash out of it. And it's like, it's like getting a free loan. Cause you don't pay, you don't pay income tax on the money that you borrow. You know, you pay income tax only on, on your income. So if you borrowed an extra 300,000, that's, that's like getting a, a, a free paycheck with no, with no, uh, without having to pay taxes on that. Yeah. It's not income. But I don't want to pull that three hundred thousand out now. I want to be able to make an income off of it every single month. Yeah. And so I'm a, I'm a little bit different of an investor than than maybe a, a twenty year old investor would yeah. be. Yeah. I think you're probably at the point where you don't even ha- you, you shouldn't have to do it. You know. Yeah. Right. You should just just do what you have to do and just. Yeah. I can see what you, I can see your point from it too. You know. Right. So. Yeah. To, like I said, everybody has their own their own method. Uh, there there's investment advisors who who, you know preach to you you know leverage everything out of it pull all your cash out of it and you know but but i don't want to have that i don't want to leave that big debt to my wife and to, oh to, yeah. To yeah my family later on you know uh so it, it's it's it, everybody has their own their own way of getting the, getting there so this one's working for us and, and uh and we're still we're growing with it and we're having a, we're having a lot of fun doing it oh, i have, so a, I have a question for yeah, you okay so one day all your investments come to an end. What will you do with your enterprise? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, it'll end up in a trust, you know, uh, okay. for, for, uh, my kids and my wife. Uh, and, and, and it's very important that my wife is involved. My, my, I, I have three older kids. I talked about my 10 year old, yeah, okay, yeah. but I have three older kids and four grandchildren. Uh, uh, so I have a, a daughter that's turning forty next week. Oh wow! Or a couple weeks. I Congratulations! Say. And I have <laughs> a, another daughter who's thirty-eight. I have a, a son that's in uh, thirty. Well, I'm going to screw this up. I think he's thirty-three. Uh oh! Right I won't tell him you said that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I, so I have three, you know, three older kids, and like I said, four grand, four grandchildren, and uh, so you know, at some point uh, when I'm not here, uh, this will end up in a trust. Uh, my wife will manage it. Uh, she knows the properties inside out. Oh yeah, um, I'm you know, may decide to sell some of the pieces off, but uh, but but there'll be an, you know my intention is to have enough income generated from it that uh, that you know they can hire a property manager to manage it and, and still pull the income off of it. A lot of people so, dream to be in the position that you're in. Took a long time though, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. I've been I've been you know I've been peddling flooring since uh, you know not that many years after I got out of high school, you know. So I. I uh, I was I was brought up selling Electrolux vacuum cleaners door to door. So I was, uh, <laughs> yeah. I was a vacuum sell, uh, salesman. I, I, I was selling vacuums at twelve years old. Wow, oh, so geez. It's kind of funny. My uh, my dad was one of six brothers, and uh, and 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 did not finish high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, went in the army very young. I think he was seventeen when he joined the army back wow. then. 
and uh, he had a cleft palate. So if you don't know what that is, but he basically had no roof in, inside of his mouth. So his nickname was Tweety. And uh, and the funny thing about it is that I grew up with my dad, obviously, but I had no idea that he really spoke funny. I thought they called him Tweety because he was a smaller of the six brothers. Oh, like Tweety you know? the bird. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? And um, and then when I was in my 20s, my dad was running, uh, making a presentation in front of 200 people. And he stood up in front of 200 people and he said, I just want everybody in the room to know that I don't talk funny, you hear funny. And everybody, and everybody laughed. And uh, I said to the guy with me, I said, Jimmy, my dad talks funny? He goes, of course. I go, he does? I couldn't hear it because I grew up with him that it sounded normal to me. Like, you know, I had no idea that, that you know, his <laughs> cleft palate made him uh, talk like Tweety Bird, you know, and that's why they called him Tweety. And I... I just thought they called him Tweety all his whole life because he was the smallest of the six brothers, you know. <laughs> but um, but my father's uh, brothers, all hard workers, all had, you know, numbers of jobs, two jobs at a time, worked in factories. And, and the one brother who um, had a speech impediment uh, was in sales. And uh, and my my grandfather on my mother's side uh, w- worked for Electrolux and, and, and a whole bunch of my grandmother's, I'm sorry, my, my mother's, uncles were all electrolux salespersons their cousins were electrolux salesperson so they recruited my father in and uh so my father was an electrolux manager and when i was like 12 he would bring me to work and i'd sit there while they would have a sales training class every saturday morning and, and uh and they would basically role play you know so one of you would play a salesman and one of you would play a housewife because back then there were housewives yeah you know? the customer essentially yeah. right well uh, back then uh women didn't work they were home and, and they were called housewives back then and so if you went knocking on doors you would find eight out of ten housewives would answer the door and um so they would role play and i'd sit there in the room and so at 12 years old i was learning sales wow and, uh, a family of salesmen family salesmen and then uh so then one of the salesmen said, why don't you come out with me on the road to see if you can get me in the houses, you know? So, Because you were probably a charming young yeah, child. You know, you know, a 12-year-old kid, you know, you've, every, every 12-year-old kid's a cute kid at yeah. 12 years old, you know? So, <laughs> you know, and, um, and, and back then the odds were if you were a salesman for Electrolux and you got into three houses and you showed the vacuum three times, their odds were you'd sell it one out of three times. Those are great it, it was sales a, it, was a, it was a good vacuum, and, and, and if you knew how to show it the right way, you would sell it. So they brought me out there and they said, for every house you get me in, I'll give you five bucks, right? And five dollars. So we're, we're talking, you know, let's see, 12 years old, that means it was 1973, okay, um, for me. And uh, so in 1973, I'm knocking on these doors and I tell somebody, listen, if you let me in to vacuum your carpet, you get to see this new vacuum. You thought a survey card. Electrolux pays me five dollars. I want to go to private high school next year. I'm trying to save up money for it. And um, I'll vacuum your carpet. I'll be out of here in 10 minutes. And you, you just got to fill out the survey card. So they'd let me in. I'd start vacuuming. And then the sales guy would knock at the door and say, is there a young lad in here? I'm a supervisor. Is he doing a good, thorough job vacuuming your carpet? <laughs> and then he would come in. And the next thing you know, I'd be sitting on the sofa watching him try to sell a vacuum. You know? wow. and, uh, there's your five bucks. There's my five bucks. You know? <laughs> and, and then they then they, they started bidding for me. The guys were like, I want to take Norm Jr. My real name is Norman, so they call me JR Norm Jr. So they'd say, I want to take Norm Jr. with me because I was getting him in these houses, you know. So one of them said, I'll give you a third of my commission if I sell one. And that was like, you know, back then the commission was like $125. Wow. So I'd make 40 bucks if I can, if this guy yeah, could 12? sell it. Yeah, 12, you know. You're rich. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's how I learned sales, you know. Wow. So, so in 19, crazy. 1979, I graduated high school. Yeah. And, uh, 
and and I, I have it hanging in my office on December tenth. My pay stub showed that I made forty nine thousand dollars that year selling vacuum cleaners. Oh, wow! So you got to figure it out. I worked six months part time because I didn't graduate high school till almost, yeah. you know June. Right. So by January of that, I'm sorry, December of that year, I made forty nine thousand oh, dollars. So so that'd be equal to like I don't know two hundred thousand yeah. dollars today my, selling vacuum My father, wow. My father used to always say, what what he used to tell me, what he used to always say that uh, he used to get paid seventy five dollars a week. He said if he made a hundred dollars a week, they'd be rich. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like he's eighty right now, so just like back, like you were back saying, in the day. Right, the, the, you know, yeah. like back, you know, when he had to be eighteen by the time he was like 60, 1963, 64. Right. So yeah, well, that's that's where I learned sales. You must know a lot about yeah. human psychology. Yeah. Well, you know, you common rejections. Well, and, yeah, you have to be able to learn how to how to how to react to people's object, you know, objections, and and you know, overcome the objection, and, right. and try to close the sale, and demonstrate value. You know, building value uh, is is one of the things you learn, and uh, and that's it, it came natural. You know, I've been I've been watching it since I was a little yeah. kid. Yeah. You know, so. so you pretty much been working since you were twelve years old. Always, yeah. I, I had nonstop uh, three three paper routes as a kid. You know, morning, afternoon, Sunday paper routes. On top Ride your of bike it. around. Oh no! Oh, I, 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 would, I had on Sunday mornings. I had four shopping carriages that I would fill with the papers. Yet, you know, in those days, you had to put the, the comics had all the advertisements. Mm-hmm. You had to, you had to insert them into the paper. They came in two bundles. Yeah. Okay. And I had enough papers on my Sunday morning route that I filled up four shopping carts, and wow. I would. I would fill up the papers in each cart, push them to a separate corner in the neighborhood, then do the neighborhood, and then go back at the end and push all my four shopping carts back home. And uh, so that was my Sunday morning. I had about 135 customers on oh, Sunday. Wow. So, you yeah. ever get tips during the oh, holidays? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, they tipped you. And, 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 you know, back then you... You know, you had to go collect the money, though. It was the big pain in the neck part. Right. Yeah. You know, you'd You're like the a tax paper, collector. Then you had to go back and collect all the paper and money, <laughs> and people weren't home, and, you know, it's just, but, but hey, it's what you learn. You, yeah. Yeah. Nonstop. You learn that you didn't make any money till you collected it, you know, so that's another valuable lesson that you don't realize wow. you're learning, you know. You can sell anything, but if you don't collect for it, you didn't sell it early. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> a good point. If you had shopping cards, you probably did a lot of walking then. A lot of walking back sounds then. Sounds like, yeah, especially yeah. 134 houses. Yeah, yeah. I was skinny. Jeez. I was a skinny kid back then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Got that right. But, I, I, cool. I feel that one. Yeah, but to me, sales is the you know that was that was my you know way of doing things. You know, yeah. so but uh, brilliant. Yeah, I mean, you know, most of my in those days in the late seventies, not everybody went to college like today. Right. Know? So it was it was you know a choice of some people if they were going to try to be a, a doctor or a lawyer or or, or an engineer college was important mm. um but the you know the, the the percentage of people going to college in 1979 i've never looked it up but i'm going to guess by remembering my classmates it was probably 50 50 wow okay? but by the time my sister who's two years younger than me graduated high school it already it went from 50 percent to like 75 percent. it skyrocketed you know, it just a big difference you know so so I chose not to go to college. Uh, my college was hard knocks, knocking on doors. Yeah, so hard back knocks. Door to door. Exactly. <laughs> you know, no computers back then. No, uh, uh-huh. you know, just the way, you know, uh, different world, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, and people would not understand that today. You no. Know? No. no calculators, no computers, no, no. cell phones, no pagers people yeah. actually answered their doors back yeah, then yeah. yeah yeah the microwave had just come out oh no, wow I, I remember i was in i forget where i was i think it would have been like walmart or target in in the i gave a, a whatever amount and the the person put in 
say if it was like ten dollars, they put twenty dollars in whatever, and they're they they were stuck putting them the trying to do the math for the the, for the, change. the change. I yeah. go, I go. I'm not trying to be mean, but it's it's this amount. <laughs> like I go. I'm literally trying to help you because right. like I get it because especially if you work around, if you're got the machine telling you what to do, right? You're not gonna go out and purposely think of no exactly you know so i get i get that so i can't i'm I'm not one of those people that say oh you 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 have computers at your job i get that's all they had no right it's not like us or you that didn't have it you know one of of my first real jobs uh when i was 16 was working at a fruit stand on queen street in southington and the very first day the uh, owner um, showed me how to count change backwards. Like, you know, so if, if they owed you, you know, $10.16, you learned how to count to a quarter. So it was yeah. four pennies, a nickel, three quarters. That yeah. got you to the even dollar, right? You know, and they taught you that the first day. And, you know, the register back then was you put the 10.16 in the register and pull the keys down, you know. That, oh, you know, yeah, the old and, school. Uh, but, but you had to be able to do the math where, where like you said today, um, yeah. they put it in the and it tells them how much to get yeah. back for change. You know, it's not, it's not their fault. It's just no, no. what they, yeah, habits. they, they yeah. learned, you know. Yeah. So. But, but math uh, to, math was always uh, one of my favorite things as, as a kid. My my grandfather was, was a very strong um, math, mathematician, I would say. And he would, he would, um, we would drive to go visit um, relatives from Rhode Island. As we would drive, my sister and I would, look at license plate numbers and he would do the math of adding up that license plate or multiplying oh, wow. the first digit by the last digit and he would test us that, and you know we're, we're writing it down on a little tablet in the back and he's doing it in his head and you know he trying would, to keep up with oh it. yeah, he, yeah he, he's <laughs> yeah. way ahead of us like you know my sister would throw one at him she'd be on one side of the car throwing a number at him on the left side and he would do both of those answers and we're like oh, he's right he's right you know wow. so, so you know we we got better at it because we practiced math from here to rhode island and back uh, every time we went to visit his, his <laughs> sister in rhode island you know that's so. fun yeah. <laughs> i always liked math myself yeah so i get it yeah i didn't I, like all that algebra and stuff like that no, in school, no. But, it, but it came to business type math yeah. uh that was important. You have to do it a lot when you're doing commercial flooring, exactly. too. Exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. You know, yeah. lot, lots of calculations. When I started in the flooring business, everything was sold by the square yard. Today, everything's sold by the square foot. Um, but it was, you know, so I still have to convert it back to the square yard for me in my head to figure it out, figure if, it the, out. if the price is right for oh. the margin that I'm used to making. Okay. So, um, you know, the people that are coming into the flooring business learn it by the foot. So, um, hmm. and, and everything is sold wholesale today by the foot where, uh, 15 years ago, all sheet goods and carpet was sold by the yard. So right. I'm, I'm still doing the math backwards and saying, okay, what's <laughs> uh, my margin? $4 a yard. I can't do that for $4 a yard. I, and I got to go back to square foot to right. figure it out. But, uh, it's just kind of funny how industries even change, wow. yeah. you know, so that's crazy. <laughs> I would never even think about that kind of math. <laughs> I wouldn't think about it at all. Yeah. So, so people, how do you recruit? Uh, your tenants and stuff for your, all your commercial property. Well, we we have a I have a great marketing gal working for me named Julia Sousa and and uh, digital marketing and digital all of marketing, that. social media marketing. Um, you know, we we, we, you know, we we do have a commercial real estate agent, a broker. I'm sorry, I always call them an agent. Agents are a residential commercial broker. Okay. Um, yeah. And and, and and we buy almost all of our commercial real estate through that one brokerage firm only because we've just developed a relationship. Yeah. But I've over the years, any of the big commercial real estate brokers in the Waterbury area, I've I've I've, I've done something with uh, and have a good uh, relationship with. 
Um, but we, we started doing our own in-house leasing uh, about six months ago when uh, we hired Julia. And uh, Julia's fantastic. I mean, she creates our marketing flyers, um, puts all the ads on our website, uh, puts all our ads on uh, LoopNet. Yeah. LoopNet's a, the big commercial um, Loop website. That's, yeah, Loop. So people can find you on LoopNet. Yeah, you can find any any commercial real estate you're looking for. You would go to LoopNet.com, okay. and, and that's where anybody's searching for something ends up usually. We have our own website called the DoverBenedictGroup.com, and that's nice. where our, our stuff is posted. And we also have the website for FocusSpaces.com, which we have those individual office suites focusspaces.com yeah so you're on there, on there and they can well. look you up at uh, the dover benedict group no the focusspaces.com and the dover benedict group.com are both our own websites nice for our own stuff nice and um so julia's created both of those websites and then you know, all those same marketing flyers she creates that would be a handout if we met you at a site right to show you property are posted on those two websites and on loop nets um <clears throat> So, like, and when you go to LoopNet, it's the big one uh, for the whole whole world almost is on there. Um, you would type in the town, the kind of property you're looking for, and then we would come up if we had something in that town. Okay. Okay, or that kind of property you might be looking for. Right. So, Julia does all of those um, posting. She does all the social media stuff. Um, she'll go out to a property. She'll, she'll film the property as we're doing the construction. So people get to see the before, the during, and the after. Is that on, on Facebook it? and yeah, Instagram? Facebook, Instagram, and well, Julia's the one I was talking to before <coughs> Jr. came on. Oh, nice! She's right. the one that I connected with. Right. I forgot who connected first, but I know she's the one I've been talking to. Right, right, right. Yep, and uh, she's extremely talented. Um, I mean, I, I'm not the most computer literate person growing up in a different era. Um, but um, but but she she creates some really funny videos that she'll yeah, post online. They're pretty good. Uh, yeah, she she actually posted one one day on Instagram, and and she had Instagram set up on my phone, and I I wasn't very familiar with Instagram at that point, and I and I was running a meeting in my office for my flooring company with all my project managers, and my phone's laying on my desk. And it kept beeping. I threw it on silent. And I'm looking at the thing, and it's, it's flashing, flashing, mm -hmm. flashing like crazy. I'm like, holy cow. So I, I, I stopped. I went out the hallway. I went up down. I said, Julia, come in my office for a minute. And I said, what's going on here? Like, you know, said, oh, she said, oh, one of my videos went viral. She says it's like 5,000 <laughs> 5, people in less wow. than an hour. Oh, around, you know? And um, and what's funny was the, the building in Naugatuck. And yeah. she went out to the job site that morning. And, and there was excavation equipment doing some work. And she took a video of it put some song on there with I do it. remember that video. Yeah. I saw it. Yeah. And, and I think by the time she got done at the end of the day, it was like fifteen or 20,000. And it, it was just funny the way the music paired with yeah, the video. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and, um, but the phone's on my desk. I'm like, Julie, you're going to have to take this off. My, you have to take me off Instagram. Yeah, because, because now you're going to get... I, I can't tell if my phone's ringing or just messages that are important. Yeah, I have it laying there for a reason. Yeah, you know? I'm pretty sure right. you got enough, yeah, yeah, yeah. enough things yeah, going yeah. on your phone. Yeah, but it, but it was funny because, <laughs> you know, uh, like, cause she didn't realize it, it hit that hard yet because she was not paying... You know, she was in her office working on something. Right. Of course, it's on my phone and... and uh, it was funnier than anything watching that phone just keep blinking. I'm going to check it out. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and check it out. I do remember it. Yeah, and she's had other ones that have have had good hits like that. And and, and um, we we we've we've uh, connected with a number of new tenants that came um, from Instagram and Facebook and so forth from some of her videos. Yeah. Um, but no, we, no. She'll even put that. Look later. That's the one. We, yeah. Okay. We still post ads on Craigslist and things like that as well, and, yeah. and, and get some stuff. But any place you can get the word out that you have a a, a good property um, that fits the need of what people are looking for. You mm. know? And, and and again, our our 
main clients are smaller business people, you know, people looking for 2,000 square feet of industrial space or 4,000 square feet of industrial space or retail space, yeah. office spaces. Uh, it's kind of, that's kind of the mix that we have. That's you know? great. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kind of good mix of buildings, you know? Yeah. We're, we're still looking. Yeah. Know, so. <laughs> sounds like, it sounds like you're going to be nonstop. Even no, though I'm sure you're not stop as it is. But. Yeah. I, I, you know, we enjoy it, you know? Yeah. So, uh, it's, uh, and again, I, you know, I, I, I do spend most of my day in the flooring business. That's that's where I that's where I make my living. You know? Yeah. So, uh, uh, I mean, it's it's you know it's it's going. Our, our jobs are all throughout the Northeast. Mm-hmm. So so, I'm not just here in Connecticut. So there are many days that yeah. I I go start a crew off at a job site at six o'clock in the morning, and then I'm driving to Queens or I'm driving to wow. Boston or I'm driving to Jersey or something for the day. Yes. You know, so and then my wife Lou's on the phone calling me and she's telling me, <laughs> you know, did you know they did this? You know they're doing this. I'm like Lou, I can't. I'm not going to be back till four o'clock. Right. You know? So <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sure she can whip into shape. Sounds oh, no, like, it sounds no, like no, she'll yeah. keep them checked. Don't worry, she, if she if, if they're not doing it, she'll do it herself. Yeah. <laughs> So for anyone who wants to find you and maybe potentially rent commercial space from you, yep. they can find you on all the platforms we mentioned earlier. Right. The Dover Benedict Group is is, uh, is actually just doverbenedictgroup.com. Okay. okay? Um, the company is called the, the, the Dover Benedict Group, but the website is doverbenedictgroup.com. Awesome. And uh, you can go on there and see a lot of the photographs of our jobs that were or properties that were in the middle of renovating or completed already. Um, but you know, you'll find us there for sure. And if you're ever searching LoopNet and you see Dover Benedict come up, that's us. And, and nice. uh, you, yeah. you'll find something that we have for sure. Cool. So, but we have tenants that will call us our prospective tenants and say, I'm looking for a space like this and we don't have it, you know, and we'll save the information because a week from now I could be buying a building right, that, that fits it. that, you know, that, that, that kind of tenant use. And, and uh, well, you're building your book of business, which yeah. is important. Ju- Julie had one today, a, a tenant had called her looking for a place for, uh, uh, like, you know, batting, uh, practice. For, uh, and, uh, we didn't have a building for that when they called. And then as I'm driving here tonight, she texts me and says, the building you have in Torrington might work for that. Like, oh. know, so, uh, so, so I'm um, I'm meeting them on Monday, I believe, at this point. You know, so uh, cool. So that that's a tenant. Fingers that, crossed. That somebody called yeah. us and we didn't have the right space, or so, you know, even though you take a lot of photographs and you put them on your website and, and you have them online, um, you can't always really tell if the place is suitable for the business. So, so we're glad when people call and ask, and we'll tell them that it won't work. Uh, or I, but I have another building that it will work in. You know, would you consider going to this town? Because not everybody has to be in the town that they start off thinking for, or thinking about. Mm. They, they might have some flexibility, um, geography-wise, if it's close enough, or yeah. and so forth. You know, so but. yeah, you yeah. may get some business from people who yeah. listen. Yeah, I hope so. You know, if you, you know. if you like, you can also plug your your flooring business if you like. Yeah, it, it, it's Union Flooring Installations. Uh, again, we're we're, we're a union shop. Uh, we do only commercial work, and we we don't just do retail stores, but it's ninety percent of the of the kind of stuff that we do. Um, we've, we've done, you know, we've done schools and churches and, and all kinds of office buildings and stuff like that. But, mm. uh, but we do mostly retail stores. It's kind of our niche. So we go into a lot of, the, uh, big box stores mm. like a target uh, or stop and shop grocery store where we'll go in at night. They'll move some merchandise fixtures out of the way. We'll demo the floor, prep it, and put it back in the same night. They put the fixtures back in by morning, so you don't wow, even know. Wow, that's fast. Uh, we, we own, um, I think, 12 or 13 ride-on ride demo machines. Mm. So you actually, they look like a little golf cart, basically. And you just 
you sit on, up the yeah, floor. Yeah, yeah, it has these these very sharp blades in the bottom of the thing, and it scrapes it, scrapes it off the floor. And uh, we can go in in a, in, in a night easily and rip up two, three thousand square feet and replace it. Wow. Um, there are there are stores that will go in, will rip up twenty thousand square feet in one day. So we have the equipment to do that kind of large stuff. Yeah. Um, even you know we're a union company, but we're we're very competitive against a legitimate shop. Um, the 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 installers that we have, um, they're all they're all installers. Okay, compared to if you hire a typical open shop non-union contractor, he, they might have one or two installers, and then they're going to have two or three helpers. Right. Okay. Um, you know, we're, we're, the helpers we have are not the guys you're finding on Home Depot's corner. They're, right. We're putting four installers together. Um, so, so they're, you know, we're talking four guys that can really, uh, and I shouldn't say guys, we have, we have females working for us too. I didn't mean that. In that <laughs> no, we, get it. we have, you know, four, four installers together, four mechanics together, um, that are, they're going to produce that one mechanic and five helpers that somebody right. else might have. And, um, so a lot of the work we get is because there's very tight schedules. Okay. If we're, you know, if we're doing a Kohl's department store, they have fixtures that are, you know, especially a new store, they might have three tractor trailer loads of fixtures coming in next Monday. That floor yeah. has to be done because next Monday you're not stopping three tractor trailer trucks no. unloading. No. So, so that's a, a lot of the work we have is very deadline driven. Um, so union flooring installations, uh, you'll, you'll find us, uh, online, uh, cool. as well. And, uh, you know, if you have a commercial job of any kind, I don't care how small it is, we can help you with it. We're competitive hmm. and, and we do great work, you know? So, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds okay. good to me. Okay. I wish I had a building to, to give you work, but <laughs> I love this building. This building. Was yeah. Come in, come building. in. Yeah, Maybe yeah. one day it'll for si be for sale yeah. and you can buy it. I was it. walking through here and saying, wow, this is really a cool yeah. building where they, I was actually it surprised you found it because no one, like I, I forget to tell you where it is, and no one. Oh, they always like they're always lost before yeah. I. I I came through the corridor and walked yeah. around. And I was, yeah, I, I was a little early, in it, but it was interesting is how they they split up the building with some really cool tenant mix in here. So yeah. this is uh, this would be one of my kind of buildings that I would buy. So. Really? Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, Lou's been here for about four what four, four years, years, right? Now, yeah. Okay. There's a cool. lot. There's a lot. Well, how many people are here? Like forty or fifty. Like forty or fifty businesses, businesses are right, in this right, building. Right. right. So it's like it's, it's packed. I wouldn't. I didn't even know there's that many businesses in here. Yeah, you have to come back. I'll give you a tour. I, I did the school. Up, there's a school up the hill here. I forgot the name of the school. Oh yeah, uh, I, Perry Hill. Perry Hill. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I did. I did all the floors in that school. Oh no way. Uh, trying to think how long ago it was. Probably ten years ago or something. I remember they, when they renovated. Right, right. And uh, we self leveled the entire uh, school and then did all the flooring. Through. Some nice pattern work. Just it wasn't just. Uh, plain vinyl flooring in there they, right. they, they did all kinds of pattern work throughout hmm. the school it's very beautiful right yeah, now yeah it was, it was good school i'll think of you every time yeah. i go there yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i want to go check it out just see what the flooring's like now yeah well it's like i said it's probably been 10 years uh since, since we did it but it was i'm sure it looks pretty good yeah cool well yeah. thanks for coming in okay we really appreciate oh, i you. appreciate the invitation and uh we have to have a second podcast with you just no to talk about your life yeah <laughs> I, I i could always find subjects to talk about. yeah great yeah. stories <laughs> yeah really. definitely definitely right. do all right thanks thanks very much guys. thanks jr thanks. you're welcome Thank you.